yeah. I love my HBCU. And bar, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, I tune into the HCCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, keep tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, he know what he be talking about. Mike and Charles, they know what they be talking about. They compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they won a loss. And who the ball? So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes, and pay attention, boy, he gonna teach a lesson. This is Dr. Ville, we're inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Mike Washington is still out on assignment. He did call me and say he has arrived safely, all is well, he's just out and about doing his thing, so that's a good thing. With that being said, we do have A.D. Drew, so welcome to episode 447 inside the HBCU Sports Lab radio show and podcast, the show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports, from institutions large and small, from the NEIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic program and the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, filming from our home studios. And sending a signal live to our KCH 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, multi Hall of Famer, Ralph Cooper in a beautiful home at Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. With that being said, Charles, how you doing today? Doing well, Doc. Another Thursday. We got a, a nice slate of games on tap for the weekend. So looking forward to uh, a lot of this football action that we got coming up this upcoming weekend. Oh, man. They're going to let you uh, check out some games this weekend? Yeah, I got off with you. <laughs> I'm open. <laughs> hey, Drew. Hey, D. Drew. You hear that, man? He got a off weekend. Is there he, such thing in the world for you? Well, well, Charles is trying to get ready for the uh for next week, and they gotta uh make that ride down to uh or that flight over to Tallahassee. Oh yeah. That, see, they let him get his rest early because ain't gonna be no sleeping <laughs> afterwards, my brother. Ain't no Tempo. sleeping. But I take that. But Doctor Cavill, you know. We just, we just trying to practice on grass and not on concrete over here, man. Oh, <laughs> that makes sense. I like Ooh. it. Uh, with that being said, today's episode of Inside the HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by THG Agency. THG Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. With that being said, Charles, I'm going to go with you with some of the news of the day. What's on your mind? Yeah, let's take a look at it. Uh, news of the day, uh, and this is big. This happened this afternoon. Texas Southern uh, University Board of Regents has approved a new three-year contract with Vice President of Intercollegiate Athletics, Dr. Kevin Granger. Dr. Kevin Granger has, has served as TSU's Vice President of Intercollegiate Athletics since 2018, has been affiliated with the university for 31 years as a student-athlete coach and administrator, and this is a statement from uh, – uh, interim president, Dr. Mary Evans Sias. I would like to thank our board of regents for, for having the confidence in me to lead the department. Uh, and, and that's a statement from Dr. Granger. It is an honor to lead my alma mater, and we will continue to move the department to the next level. So, Dr. Kevin Granger, uh, uh, rewarded with a three year extension. That's huge. That's big news. Board of regents mm -hmm. met today and they gave the check mark. So, three year extension. I think uh, he currently has a couple of years left on the deal, uh, so that he extends him out uh, four or five years. It's significant as he continues to build the program, and it certainly shows that they have support into him. So you're right. Kudos to Dr. Kevin Granger for getting his extension at Texas Southern University, as he said, his alma mater. With that being mm -hmm. said, A.D. Drew, I'm going to go to you. What's on your mind? Let's, let's talk Tennessee State, Dr. Cavill. And Tennessee State has uh, agreed to some schedule some games, some of them making them some money. Let's see. They have a game with a SWAC opponent and a home-and-home home with a BX school, and a lot of that was due to the fact that they lost the game with Kennesaw State, who gave them a 100K buyout for not being able to play the game next year, as you know, Kennesaw State is making the transition to FBS. 
next year. So they probably needed that uh that week on the schedule. Anyway, let's stay with the HBCU portion of this. TSU is playing Mississippi Valley <laughs> State next year, and that will be, I believe, part of the John Merritt Classic. And that hundred thousand dollars that they got from Kennesaw State will pass through the Tennessee State Bank account and wind up down in Itabina because that is the amount that they're paying Valley to come play in the classic. So I I, I like to see everybody helping each other out with that. And they have also agreed to a home and home series with the Howard Bison traveling to DC in 2024. And the 2025 game will be at Nissan stadium. Although I'm still a fan of Hill stadium, but it is what it is when it comes to those venues over there in Nashville. Thank you, Andy Drew. Great point when you talk about uh, the payment that was made to Tennessee State from Kennesaw State and how that happened to be the same amount that's agreed upon from Valley. Valley I got a pretty good Andy amount Drew, for a one-way trip. Not bad, not bad there. With that being said, with that going on, let me go back to you, Charles, so we can get some of these players of the week uh, for the people and celebrating what's going on in SWAC and S-I-C-C-I-A-A for that matter. No doubt. Let's take a look at uh, SWAC Volleyball Weekly Honors uh, for this past week. The SWAC has named Gremlins Zion Smith and Naya Ellis and Anna Calderon along with Florida A&M's Yanni Sanford for SWAC Weekly uh, Volleyball Honors for their impressive performances uh, for this past week. We take a look at Zion Smith. She tallied 32 kills during Grandma State's matches versus Southern and Alcorn this past week. She tallied double-digit kills during both matches while also chipping in one assist and one service ace during the seven sets play. Defensive play of the week is Naya Ellis. Ellis recorded 39 digs during Grandma's matches versus Southern in all corners past week. She tallied double-digit kills during both matches while contributing uh, 18 assists. Center of the week is Anna Calderon. She recorded 47 assists uh, during Grandma's matches against Southern and Alcorn. She tallied double-digit assists during both matches while also contributing one kill and two aces. And the newcomer of the week is Yanni Sanford. Uh, she stepped up big for the Rattlers in the sweep of Bethune-Cookman with 10 kills and, hit, and a hitting percentage of 42%. She also contributed three blocks and one dig. So those are your players of the week. Volleyball uh, in the sweat. Shout out to the volleyball players of the week for the swag getting it done. AD Drew, do you have some players of the week that you're going to shout out this week? I want to know if I could go off script for just a second, Dr. Deville, and talk about some preseason honors for basketball. Were you going into basketball? Yeah. Right. It, 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 the, the weather has broken, you know, with homecoming season comes basketball season. It did so, break. Yeah. So I want to step into the SIAC. <laughs> and talk about the uh, preseason men and women's all-conference team. I'll start on the men's side. Preseason player of the year, Malachi McCoy of Benedict College. The preseason defensive player of the year, Jamal Reynolds of Fort Valley State. Those two are on the preseason first team, joined along with Willie Jackson of Central State, Jalen Williams of Clark Atlanta, and Asante Price of Benedict College. On the second team, Stephen Lyles of Spring Hill, Brandon Smith of Benedict College, uh, Micah Evans of Lamont Owen, DeAnthony Pennington of Tuskegee, and Taryn Wolford of Albany State. Quickly flipping over to the to the women's honors, uh, Dr. Cavill. And well, on, on the women's side, uh, preseason player of the year, Amaya Harris of Miles College, defensive player of the year, Amari Hurd of Savannah State. Uh, those who are on the first team, also joined by Taylor Christmas of Benedict College, Nyla Allen of Savannah State, and Karina Evans of Clark Atlanta University. On the second team, Brittany Boland of Tuskegee University, uh, Grayson Kerr of Kentucky State, uh, Janiah Ellis of Clark Atlanta, Destiny Jameson Whitfield of Allen, and Ariel McElroy of Tuskegee University. And those are the preseason men and women's SIAC all-conference players. Drew loves some, some love to HBC basketball out of SIAC. Always good stuff. Charles, I don't know whether I get excited when I hear the basketball news or get 
concerned and sad when they hear the basketball. <laughs> that tells you that football is moving along and may be about halfway over. With that being said, Charles, any other honors you have for us this week? Yeah, let's take a look at the SIAC Players of the Week. Uh, the uh, SIAC announced football players of the week for week seven. Uh, this past Wednesday, and Benedict and Nias, oh God, I about to say Nias Williams, Nias Dennis, he was named <laughs> Offensive Player of the Week, while Edward Waters, Jerry Wilson earned Defensive Player of the Week. Also recognized was Central State's Jose Sharris as Special Teams Player of the Week, and Edward Waters, Nathan Rembert, he took home a second title as a newcomer of the week. Let's take a look at Dennis, the quarterback Marcel. He delivered a standout performance to Benedict in their 48-6 win over Fort Valley. Uh, this past week, Dennis threw for an impressive 324 yards, completed 16 of 25 passes and one touchdown, no interceptions. Also rushed for an additional touchdown. Game's highlight was a big 59 touchdown pass to Billy Pierre. So Aeneas Dennis, Offensive Player of the Week. Defensive Player of the Week from Edward Waters is Jaron Wilson. Standout performance of the week, Jaron Wilson played a pivotal role in the Edward Waters stunning 41-38 upset on the road against Tuskegee. Uh, he showcased his defensive prowess with an impressive stat line, totaling six total tackles, including two crucial tackles for a loss, two sacks, and a game-changing force fumble. Special Teams Player of the Week was Jose Sheriff from Central State. Uh, he tallied an impressive 176 yards on six punts with his longest punt uh, reaching 41 yards. Uh, in addition, he also uh, showcased his versatility by completing uh, four kickoffs, a massive 228 yards. So those were your players of the week in the SIAC. Good stuff. Good stuff. Eddie Drew, what direction you want to go in next in terms of some additional news of the day? Well, since, since we're talking players and players and players, let's go to the CIAA. And we know the CIAA uh pretty much gives out an award for every different position group. So I'll try to go through these as quickly as possible. Uh, offensive lineman of the week, Justin Mead of Virginia Union. The quarterback of the week, Isaiah Freeman of Lincoln of Pennsylvania. The Lincoln of Pennsylvania, four wins. Oh, wow. Hard to believe that. Uh, receiver <laughs> of the week. J- Kudos Jashon. to Lincoln. You paused on that. We can give them a little love. They hadn't been streaking like this. Can they get to the Winning season, it's going to be tough to close out the season, but the fact that they even have a chance is pretty big. So great point you're making there and talking about Lincoln yeah. with the four wins. Yeah. Jashon, Jashon Middleton, Winston-Salem State, is the Food Lion receiver of the week, the Food Lion offensive back of the week. Everybody knows who it is, right? Virginia Union, Jada Byers. Yeah. <laughs> add, add, add that to the trophy case. Uh, Food Lion defensive back of the week, Willie Drew of Virginia State, Food Lion Linebacker of the Week, T.J. Gunter of Bluefield State, the Food Lion Defensive Lineman of the Week, Isaac Anderson of Virginia Union, the Food Lion Special Teams Player of the Week, Ray Jackson III from Virginia State, and the Food Lion Rookie of the Week is Cameron Davis of Virginia State. And if you paid attention to that, the Virginia schools uh got over half of the honors that the uh CIAA gave out for this particular week. Maybe that's why they're the, the top two teams in the conference. Yeah, you don't say. Great point. <laughs> Great point when you get into what's going on in the CIAA. Well, to share some love for various players of the week in terms of what's going on in Week number seven, man, it's creeping along. More than half the season is going over. You can almost give grades, midterm grades. I would ask yeah. for the great midterm grades, but uh, I heard y'all pretty tough professors, so I don't want to embarrass folks here. So we're going to take our first break, come back on the other <laughs> side, and get into some marching sport rankings. By that withdrawal a little slip. safer for y'all. Maybe not for me, but we'll get your thoughts on it. <laughs> Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. 
This is Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot left. So listen to Professor Yesa yes, and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Charles and AD. With that being said, we're going to get into our mid-major marching sport top seven bands of the week. Not a lot of changes, meaning no team dropped out this week. We do have some slight arrangements. We have more uh, updates in terms of the top programs getting into matches and getting it done in terms of some marching sport contests. So we didn't have any team drop out this week. Those that are receiving votes, Talladega. Marching Tornadoes still receiving a vote at 104. Kentucky State Mighty Marching Thoroughbreds hadn't been in the contest for a while, but they're still hanging in there at 103. And Fayetteville State, the Marcho Marching Bronco Express, a 1-0, uh, both overall in conference. They might have a key matchup with Winston-Salem State uh, this upcoming week, so we'll keep our eyes on that. With that being said, starting at number seven this week is Albany State Golden Rounds Marching Show Band. And you'll get a refrain with this. These teams that are just hanging in there hadn't had a lot of contests, so this is going to drive Charles crazy. They're yeah. one and zero. Conference is one and zero. One hundred seven points, seven first place, uh, no first place votes. Remaining at number seven, getting to number six. Benedict Marching Tiger Bands of Distinction team is number one in most poll rankings across the country. Top twenty five Division two program, but the band. It's not showcasing, getting on the road, supporting them. But kudos to the football team. They're finding a way to get it done. That's 125 points. They remain at number six. The only thing that is working for these bottom seven is the fact that those receiving votes and outside are not in contests at all either. Clark Atlanta Mighty Marching Panther Band, 1-0, 129 points. They come in fifth. Now this is where it gets a little more interesting. At number four, Virginia State Trojan Explosion. They're 2-1, and 1-0. One, one and oh. They fall a spot, 131 points. They should have a contest coming up, but at this point, uh, they're headed in the wrong direction. And number three, Winston-Salem State Red Sea of Sound, 3-1, and 3-0. and oh. They've had contests the last two weeks. They've earned a first-place vote, and they've slightly moved up to number three, 151 points. Previous rank four, Stephen Gaither. Must be out there and sending in them checks to make sure that uh, <laughs> the band's getting on the road. They listen at it. He's serious about it. He's mad because the football team is not doing his part. So he switched. He moved the checks from football to the marching sport. And look, it's paying off. At number two, Miles Purple Marching Machine. They got on the road and went to Atlanta, picked on Morehouse and got it done. They did get the victory. Three and one, two and oh. Three first place votes, 161 points. The story behind that is they do their marching in. Nobody communicated across the platform. They were excited to be there. They gonna do their thing, but they were honoring the seniors over there at Morehouse. And boy, somebody's mom made sure that everybody knew that that's not how you do it when they baby. Wow. Respect. Wow. So it got a little interesting, but Miles took care of it. Communication and is the key. They still got the win. So at the end of the day, and they did that on the football field and at halftime. First quarter, marching in, fifth quarter, whatever quarter you want to talk about it, they won. At number one, Langston Marching Pride, 3 0, 2 0. They took out their early frustrations in terms of what was going on, not having any bands to participate. They played Arkansas Baptist, the Buffaloes, and they Buffaloed them. 
dropped them. They earned <laughs> four first place votes, 163 points, remain number one. That's your marching sport mid-major division in week number seven. Charles, what are your thoughts in terms of the marching sport? Well, let me say shout out to Fort Valley. They got on the road last week and uh against uh Benedict. So I did catch that. Uh but yeah, this is that part of the year. Ugh. I'm, my 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 eyes are on these top one two three four five. If if you got any road games, are are you being that twelve man? That that is my that is my benchmark. Do you aid the team in in terms of what you bring to the field? And and like you say, they just communicate just a little bit. That that helps out a little bit with regards to the the pregame festivities. Because I'm sure the band director wouldn't have had no problem with just the the drums beating coming in or something, but or just marching in silently. But it is what it is. Communication. <laughs> AD knows about communication and need for it coming out of his daily work that he gets done in a lot of ways. But with that being said, let's get to the marching sport. What are your thoughts on the top seven? I, I have to take pause, Dr. Cavill. It's dangerous when you take a pause, but I up to me, I like it. Go ahead. Looking at all these teams not getting out there on the road. And, and, and shout out to Fort Valley for getting on the road on a Thursday night game, Dr. Cavill. Yeah. That's, that's right. That, I mean, that's huge. That just don't happen when people yeah. get on the road on a, on a, for a Thursday night game. Miles. I'm looking forward to in one, two, three weeks for a big matchup with Miles. Uh, maybe my Golden Tigers can get back into it, or mm-hmm. maybe Miles can do enough to move up because you know, you know, my Tuskegee is going to be traveling to uh, Fairfield, Alabama to take on. Okay, Miles. tempo so exactly. That that that's going to happen come hell or high water. That matchup <laughs> is going to happen. I can't speak to nobody else's matchup, but that one is going to happen. And then the other one is. Langston is done. So Langston is sitting there with the opportunity to be gotten. Yeah. It, can some Is somebody strong enough to get them? I think that's a very great point. And they have a slim margin in terms of leading only four place votes. So I'm not sure if they put a big enough gap in there to be able to hold out over the next couple of weeks uh, with some of these top teams having matchups. Told you about once from Salem State. They're likely to be able to face Fayetteville State. Um, so that's going to be at least one more on their ledger. You got Miles and Tuskegee, another one on their ledger. Albany and Fort Valley, you already talked about them going in there. Benedict is going to likely have the benefit that they're going to play in a championship game. That's going to be a matchup for their band at least, and they had this previous one. So you can see them adding up those victories as it comes on. And will it be enough to take – Langston, as you said, that will sit idle, and I'm sure there's a couple of other matchups out there. Don't forget Go State ahead, Union. Dude. State Union also at the end of the That's year. That's a big one. Oh, you're right. you're saying you're Virginia Union, yeah. yeah. So that helps Virginia State. They have a chance to add uh, another contest to their ledger. So during the stretch, not a lot of matchups, but they're going to be some key matchups. So great point, and I'm glad you pointed that out. With that being said – we're going to come back on the other side and get into some of these key matchups. And, boy, do we have some big ones. Top 10 matchups, top seven matchups out of CIAA, SIAC. It's time to get into it. We'll take this next break. We'll come back on the other side and see what these gentlemen talk about in terms of our CIAA, SIAC Games of the Week. At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplified Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplified Development Services. Nope. Nope. Want him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. 
you're looking for the latest information on Southern University sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to allow that. And who so listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Ville inside the HBCU Sports Lab with the professors, Professor Bishop, Professor Drew. With that being said, we're going to ask them to go into analytics, go into the data, and tell me what do they think of these matches. And boy, do we have a good one. So y'all listen up close. With that being said, a couple of weeks ago, we had like five top 10. It's hard to top that. But in this case, we do have, at the mid-major level, we have two top 10 matchups. One of them is a top five. With that being said, Fayetteville, North Carolina, Luther, Nick Gerald Stadium, homecoming, CIAA style, Saturday, October 21st at 1 o'clock p.m. We have November 8th. Uh, we have, excuse me, number eight, Johnson C. Smith Golden Bulls. It has surprised many people this year. They come in with a 5-2 and two record overall. Four and one in the conference race, and they're at number six, Fayetteville State, the Broncos, which are overall five and two and five and oh, a clean record in the South. With that being said, it'll be fascinating. Fayetteville State has uh, been able to get it done in the South, but it's a little murkier this year. They don't distance themselves out in a lot of ways, but you can't tell because of their record. Uh, number eight is on the road at number six. Let me go to you, Charles. What are your thoughts in terms of what's going down in the South Division of the CIAA? This is going to be a good one. Uh, I'm looking for a defensive contest in this one. And to me, the key in this one is who's the first team to get to 17 points? I think that's the benchmark number <laughs> that I'm looking for. <laughs> because uh, both can Over play under defense. 35. Yeah, both, <laughs> both can play defense, but ooh, offensively, they is. It's been a fight. I think Fayetteville uh, State has only scored 26 points on the past couple of weeks. So, But homecoming, will the theme stay uh, intact with some of these homecoming losses or, or not? So I'm going to go with Fayetteville State uh, with their homecoming on this. So I'm going to go and say they will be the first to get the 17 points to get the W over Johnson season. So, Drew, you know that was 1 o'clock Central Time, so it's high noon in the East Coast, and you know they like to play – the things to get things started right uh, at the early part of the day on the East Coast, if you would, in South Atlanta. A lot of folks think about it. Top 10 matchup. Excited about this. I know you do your homework at the Division II level, mainly out of the SIAC, but you got to keep your eyes on it because you don't know if this is going to be uh, one of those matchups when we start looking at the CIAA, SIAC, who's the top, who's not. What are your thoughts? Again, the Golden Bulls on the road. At the Broncos. Dr. Kavit, you said surprised about what's going on at Johnson C. Smith. But if you paid attention to Coach Maurice Flowers, what he did when he was at Fort Valley, this is par for the course. Second True. year at, at an institution, that's when that institution makes that, that great leap. Same thing he did when he was at Fort Valley. They made that great leap. And they're doing it the same way. Strong, strong running game, good defense. And Charles, you mentioned these defense number number two and three in the conference. Yeah, in, in, in defense. So yeah, I I expect that uh, Johnson C. Smith's offense is middle of the pack, where Fayetteville State's offense is the is in the bottom third of the CIAA. Here's the butt, y'all. We talking Fayetteville State in the South for the last five years. You you would have lost your house, your car, your mortgage, and your woman if you betted against Fayetteville State winning the South. So until somebody proves me that they could beat Fayetteville State and keep them out of that CIAA championship game, I have to roll with the Broncos. Yeah. Once again. yeah. I like that. Good analysis by both of y'all. Let's go into the SIAC. This one is a top five matchup. It seems like we say that just about every week in the SIEC. That's because that's <laughs> it is. We talk about these top programs. It's just that kind of life going on down there. Obviously, a lot of people are focused on Benedict, 
as they deserve to be focused on. But when you get right under that, there's still a lot of good football being played. A.D. Drew told us early, coming in the season, keep your eyes on Allen. Everybody just kind of looked at Drew and be like, oh, well, Allen, what are you talking about? Then a couple of weeks were played, folks was like, oh, the Yellow Jackets. Okay, well, check this out. Allen Yellow Jackets are up to number three as they travel to Fairfield, Alabama, Sloan Alumni Stadium. It's Miles College homecoming. If you're from Alabama, you know they do it right just outside the Birmingham there. But can the Allen Yellow Jackets come in to be the spoilers? They were spoilers last week when they got on the road and got it done. They are 6-1 and one overall in the season, 4-1 and one right in the thick of the race. On the road at number five, Miles Golden Bears, who are 5-2 and two and 4-1 and one in their own right, right in the thick of things. Ada Drew sticking with you. What are your thoughts in terms of SIEC with this top five matchup? Doc. They they kicking this game off at I believe like five or six o'clock local time, and the reason that they're doing that because they want to make sure that it's dark enough for everybody to see the fireworks. Because that's what I'm going to expect <laughs> out of this game, Dr. Gaville, number two in in the SIC in offense, Miles, thirty three points a game. Number four in the offense, Miles. I'm mean, excuse me, Allen, thirty one points a game. It's only two mm-hmm. points a game, Dr. Kavir, separating spots number two and number number four on offense. What Miles has the advantage at is the defense is only allowing uh, 19 points a game, while mm. Allen is allowing, allowing 29 points per game. But if you want to talk about yardage, uh, Dr. Kavir, both these teams are averaging 425 yards or more of offense. I want you to think about that. 800 yards of offense between these two teams. So it's it's going to come down real simple. Who takes care of the ball? And somebody has to have some red zone efficiency. Because mm. you cannot afford m- multiple field goals in this game if you expect to win. You have got to get touchdowns when you get into the red zone. It's, it's that Simple. If some, if you give some of them odd scores that equal up to six or nine, I guarantee you that team is going to lose in this battle. One last thing, you got two of the top quarterbacks in the SIAC with uh, David Wright and uh, Evan Klein, Peter Jr. The winner of this game will have a leg up uh, on in the argument for conference player of the year. Most certainly. Great points all made there. ESPN 2 is where this game will be played. And I think while they plan to have some fireworks, I think they're pushing it up a little bit, 4 o'clock Central Time, because of the TV broadcast, ESPN 2. Just want to tell those that want to get out there and check it out, see that. But everything else, A.D., you talked about in terms of fireworks, I agree with them in terms of the offensive explosion. Both of these teams will see what they can do to put the ball up and bring in some points. With that being said, it's going to be fascinating. Three versus five. Yellow Jackets both the Golden Bears. Charles, what are your thoughts in terms of this top five matchup? I think the, the stat that you pointed out, A.D., was the one that I really picked up on, and that was the fact that Miles' defense, 19 points per game, versus Allen's defense, 29 points per game. But like you said, both offensively, it's got, I mean, the two of the better quarterbacks in the league, but it brings up an interesting question. I was going to ask you who is the better quarterback? Is it David uh, David Wright or is it Edward Clampy? If you say who is the better passer of the two, I have to go with Wright. I think Klein Peter is the better dual threat of of the two. So it's what type of quarterback do you want to run your system? You know, if if you look at if you look at the air it out uh, Kansas City Kansas City Chiefs style, then you probably want to lean more towards a David Wright. If you're looking to do more like a Jalen Hurts type offense, you probably want to lean more towards Edwin Klein Peter. I mean, the man is about 
six three two fifty or so, somewhere up in there, something ridiculous like that. He's a, he's a right. load. To, he's a load to yeah. break down. Big That's key. What, yeah. You know, he he's got almost as many rushing touchdowns as he has passing touchdowns. Because when he gets inside the five, he, you just can't stop him uh, when that train goes down here. Yeah, my big thing, like you said, it red zone efficiency. What and 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 I don't know. It threw me off when I saw the score last week with uh, Miles surrendering twenty two points to, to to Morehouse. That was uh that kind of threw things into a bit of a flux for me. I don't know. I like y'all on the, uh, on the road. I, I will go with the upset on that. Classic trap game Ooh. last week. Looking ahead to this Allen game after the. You know, after what happened with uh, Benedict the week before, so this, I think is, that's what this, that that was the opportunity for Morehouse to do something. This is one of my two trap games this weekend. Mm-hmm. Would not surprise me, but with that I'm being said, I do have one correction there. This game is not on the Four Letter Network; it's on this Four Letter Network, BCSN, and more. Mo Carter will have the call, so make sure you tune in for the Black College Sports Network to check out. A top five matchup, number three, Allen Yellow Jackets at number five, Miles Golden Bears. That's Dr. Lil's inside the HBC Sports Lab top seven matchup. Just so you know who's giving you these rankings and where to keep your eyes spinning as we continue to get it done. With that being said, we're going to turn it around. We're going to go into the major division of the marching sport, tell you what took place. We had some key matchups on that side, so some changes in the poll rankings, and then we'll come back. Uh, with our final segment and make sure you get your major division games of the week where we'll feature those top programs around the HBC major division. With that being said, stick with us. I know we got a big matchup out of the MEAC today, 630 about to kick off. Stick with us. We'll make sure you get some updates on that side and see how things are going. But we'll close it out and give you your news of the day in terms of that major sports, uh, marching sport top seven in those games of the week. Stick with me right back after this next break. That's a pretty tight spot. Watch this. Of course your beard parks itself. That's so you. It's just up here on the right. Of course you know where we're going. That's so you. Kind of got a six sense. And a head-up display. They're here. I hit the field. Warm up. You brought all these players in your Buick? Yeah. So you. It is. There's a Buick that fits your life. Because at the heart of every Buick SUV is you. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the always triple protection system. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented always Ultra Thin's. This is always like never before. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want to allow that and root about, root about. So listen to Professor Yesler yes, and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill's Inside HBC Sports Lab back for the major division marching sports. Some changes here. And we're going to jump right into it. Nobody dropped out this week. Some still some teams on the outside. Howard, the Showtime Marching Band, North Carolina A&T, the Blue and Gold Marching Machine. They do have that matchup with Hampton, so it'll be interesting to see what they can do with that. You have Florida A&M, the Marching 100. Until talking about them getting on the road, they look like they might get that bonus game of hosting a SWAC championship game. We'll see what that looks like. That will probably benefit them going down the stretch. But at this point, they're on the outside looking in. Let's jump right into it at number seven. This was part of a top seven matchup. Number seven versus number one, Norfolk State. As you can see here, Ooh. Norfolk State went on the road and got it done. Ooh. It was really close. So that's why Tennessee State, the aristocrat of bands, did not drop out, but they had the L. Two and one on the season. The first L of the season was at homecoming at home. And boy, was it a great contest in terms of what's going on then. I was surprised so many people left at a halftime with folks interested in the fifth quarter. Maybe they came back, but obviously um, some talk about what took place there. 130 points uh, at number seven. They remain there when you look at Tennessee State, the aristocrat of bands. Let's move on to number seven. Excuse me, at number six. Number six, the Bethune-Cookman Wildcats, the Marching Wildcats, they stay in the ranking. 
uh, as they got it done. Some of the teams that were participating lost key matchups, which allowed them to stay in the hunt as they stay in there. But uh, some other teams are getting warmed up. 154 points at number six. Uh, they stay in that. Bring us to number five. At number five, you have none other than the Texas Southern Ocean. So they fall two spots. They were off open this weekend as they get it done. Three and oh, two and oh. They still undefeated on the season, but they did not perform this past weekend. 158 points. They didn't hit the road long trip uh, to Daytona uh, to follow the team out there. So they do drop two spots. Bringing us to number four, Mississippi Valley State, the Mean Green Machine, uh, Marching Machine. It's undefeated. They're four and oh, one and oh in terms of the conference race. Pine Bluff came down there. Great matchup between what looked at there, but uh, not only did uh, the Delta Devils put a whooping on the Golden Lions, did it at halftime as well in terms of marching in. But it was a good contest, close in a lot of ways, but the mean green marching machine got it done. They move up a spot to number four, 168 points. Bringing us to number three, Jackson State, the Sonic Boom of the South, 4-1, 3-0. They have classic matchups with Alabama State, the Hornets there. Came in there for homecoming. Uh, while they got the football game, they did not get the battle of the bands. But it was a great contest, a lot of action, a lot of good was had, and a lot of folks were entertained. But Jackson State is able to move up a spot based on their victory at 186 points. Marines number two, the Southern the Human Jukebox, 4-0, 2-0. Uh, did not have a contest. They're at number two. They did lose a vote based on the fact that they didn't have a contest. They stay at number Two, though, with 199 points. Bringing us to number one, the Norfolk State, the Spartan Legions are 5-0, eight first-place votes. They get it done, stay there, 207 points, and are ranked number one, and they make a huge statement, gaining the first-place vote, holding on to the number one spot, going on the road to Nashville. And, boy, did they get it done. Excited about that. Let me go to you, Drew. Eddie Drew, go to you first, and then we'll bring in Charles to get his thoughts on the major division marching sport in week number seven. Not even your number one Norfolk Spartan Legion coming into Nashville was enough to keep the fans from leaving. Mm. <laughs> two top seven bands. Two top seven bands. And y'all can't stay around to watch them? <laughs> I mean, if you can't watch the football game, at least listen to the band, watch the band, stay for the fifth quarter, do something, you know. Uh, but I'm not gonna, uh, Eddie George. He he has a gripe, but you know, come on, Tennessee State. I need y'all to do better than that. I need y'all to do better than that. Hey, shout out to Valley. Despite what's happening on the field, they keep playing their butts off and doing their best to keep the entertainment going and keep some pride in the in the in the university. Shout out to uh Valley. And I mean that let's be real. Southern Grambling Bayou Classic could be a mover or shaker in, in, in the final poll, Dr. Cabell. It it, it, no. it it ain't no could be. It will be one way or the other. It will vault yep. somebody up while at the same time it, it will shoot somebody all the way down. So I'm done. This is y'all. not just saying Grambling uh marching band uh, last week. They got a victories of getting on the road all corner, got that uh elusive state fair classic victory they had this year that they hadn't had in a while, not just on the football field, but they got it in the stands and on the field as well in terms of the marching sport. So to your point, that could be critical in terms of how things go at the end of the season. I'm fascinated to see what that looks like in terms of that matchup. Um, Charles, mm. you know, on Tuesday you talked about your concerns about Tennessee State, jokingly, <laughs> half-heartedly in some way, about John Merritt and a friend of yours, obviously, that talked about them being a band <laughs> school now. I just happened to see a clip with John Merritt um, reviewing the game that happened to be a victory when they were playing Louisville. And Louisville bought them up there, paid them some money. John Mary joked a little bit, talking about, yeah, I'm sure they invite us back uh, because they made some money. Uh, but he got the victory, so I'm not sure that they were going to bring him back. I think he was wishful thinking, and they beat him pretty handily in that matchup. 
But he happened to talk about his band, the Tennessee State Band, the Risk Raider Band. Uh. Went up there to Louisville and put it on him. And he gave him some love in terms of the halftime show. So it's totally insane as you talk about what took place there in this matchup, top seven matchup. Man, this is a Grammy-winning band. Yeah, yeah. Doing this. Yeah, Eddie George has a great. So, you know, it's not just about coming into the stadium. It's not just about halftime. That's just part of it. Post-game, fifth quarter, as we like to call it. And folks disappear. I just had to go there a little bit with the marching sport. I know a lot of folks are talking about the football field and that part of it. But even on the marching sport, I was amazed about that. But credit to the Tennessee State Risk Credit Band because they did their thing. But I really got to shout out, shout out the Spartan Legions. Yeah, Boy, shout out. You talking about, you know, quietly getting it done. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're no longer a secret, Charles. No, no. Uh, musicality uh, from that standpoint, uh, they are tremendous and they put on tremendous field shows. Uh, fifth quarter culture, eh, eh got to work on that. But uh, for the most part, they are a, a top, top-notch band. Uh, but I wanted to shout out Mr. Valley. Uh, it just does my heart proud to watch uh, Valley, this resurgent Mean Green Marching Machine, right there in the midst of things. My father was a part of this band, first HBCU band, go to the Tournament of Roses Parade, Dad Marshall and the great Russell Boone. So uh, to see Valley uh, climbing up the poles, that that does my heart a lot of good. They got they got a big boy this weekend. They got the Sonic Boone coming in to Italy this weekend. So we'll see how a resurgent valley takes on the sonic boom of the south. Uh, Southern humor jukebox. My gosh, the past two Charles, weeks they got them on home turf before you move to the jukebox. Yeah, uh, yeah, they got them on home turf. Can you protect? Can you protect? Hey, on home, on home can you turf, protect on home dirt. And, and can you be dirt, a, And can you be the twelfth man that is going to be big in this game? Because Valley all, always plays Jackson State with a bit of. A chip on their shoulder, but if you add that that earth, wind, and fire, that that third element, if you add that element of the band, things can get a little weird for a quarter, especially up there in a band. So uh, keep an eye on that. Uh, Southern Human Jukebox Doc. The past two weeks, let me tell you something. That that gospel show that they did a couple of weeks ago, amazing. Uh, you, it's the reason why they say they're the standard. So you know, I'm sure that that over the next few weeks as they uh, probably are not on the road this weekend. But over the next few weeks, you will see the human jukebox climb as well. But uh, I can't argue with it. This is a good poll. Let me see what the let me see what the ocean does this weekend. No March of 100, I don't think. But no. can, you be, no. can, you be the, can you be the 12th man? I need to see you be the 12th man because it might be a track man. Can you play yeah. a part in there? And you, hey, Jesus, <laughs> we're going to talk about that in the last segment, about that game as the SWAT game of the week. Before we do that and before we go to the next break, I did want to go to Edwin D. Moore. Great information that he's putting out here following the show. No Marching 100 this week. No. Uh, he asked about Valley. I just want to remind him, I know he watches so regular, but for him and those that don't realize it, remember, this band is not just about a showcase. This is not about how well you play. Southern does a great job. We know about Southern Sound. We're not questioning Southern Sound. We're not questioning Jackson State Sound. What we're questioning is teams in terms of their performance. Your ass has to get on the road. And I purposely don't cuss a lot, but I want to put this out there because I want people to understand. This is about matchup. This is not about you living on your legacy. This is not about you freeloading for the fact that you had people in the past that did the work and got on the road and got it done. So I we reward people here that have contests that perform against each other. All this, you staying at home and resting on you, you ain't got no money, that ain't my fault. Mm. Either go mm. raise it, get on your administration to get you some money, mm. or save some money and do something about getting on the road. I don't want to hear it. This is not, again, about you being able to blow your horn real loud and you got a large following of band members and folks that support you and love you and vote and push a button in some poll talking about how great you are and stroking your head. This is about you out there putting in work against other bands and contests and getting it done. It's also about you supporting your team in terms of a contest. 
in regards to making sure that you understand you don't play when your quarterback is under center. We're watching all these things. So if you think you're going to showcase and stick out your little chest because you can blow a horn real deep and have great sound, we'll clap for you, but you're going to earn this L, and you're not going to be in this pole. And you, if you are on the pole, you're going to drop. It is what it is. We'll be right back after this break and get back on the other side of this in terms of some key matchups in the MEAC and the SWAC. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Pika in downtown Atlanta. Them belly full, but we hungry. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Oh, we've got a Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992 or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, authentic Caribbean cuisine. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love, love, and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. Shout out to Jeff Roberts. I like that comment. That was funny. <laughs> the teacher's pet. That's pretty good. I'll put that F squared in there. You better recognize how we get it done over here. But let's get back to it because now we're talking about the football side of things. Obviously, we have the MIAC matchup this Thursday night, kicking things off as they get in the full slate of conference games, starting things off with North Carolina Central on the road in Baltimore, Maryland, and Morgan State. We talked about that Tuesday. So our MIAC game takes us to Washington, D.C. It's homecoming in Green Stadium, Bristol. That's our awareness. Uh, Saturday at 11 a.m. Central Time. 12 noon, if you would, ESPNU on this matchup. If I had to look at my strength of schedules, these two teams would be in the top 15. Norfolk State Spartans at 15, 2 and 4. On the road, I would have Howard at 13, 2 and 4. Both of these teams want to get out for a good start. Norfolk State thought they were solid coming to the years. They've had some ups and they had some downs. Howard has really looked good at times particularly when they're playing some FBF matchups. But they also had some tough losses. Which team is going to show up? Who's going to get the party started right for the MEAC and make that statement and find a way to maybe look forward to a matchup with North Carolina Central as many assume that they're going to be the king of the roots. With that being said, I'm going to start with you, Drew, and then go to you, Charles, in terms of these matchups. Drew, what are your thoughts going into the MEAC with Norfolk on the road at Wow. You got you got a quarter in your pocket, Doctor Cavill, because I'm gonna need you to flip it. That's what <laughs> that's what it is with these two teams. Here's a tale: you don't know which team is going to show up uh, for these two teams. Two of the most inconsistent teams that we have had in the BAC. Two teams who had high expectations this year, and two teams, honestly, Doctor Cavill, who have underperformed to, to those preseason expectations that's why i said you can you can flip a coin this can be a a classic game or this could be competitive garbage dr Gaville. you don't oh. know what's going to happen this upcoming saturday i am going to lean on the home team for the simple fact that they are at home but it would not shock me at all if if the green and gold defeat the bison Good stuff. Good comments. Agree with you all around in a lot of ways. But I want to hear also what Charles has to say about this matchup between the Spartans and uh, Bison. Bison says they want to take the next step. Remember, they did have a co-championship last year. They shared the credit uh, with uh, North Carolina Central as they had one loss. Their loss was to the Eagles, so the Eagles represented in the MEAC. 
Mm-hmm. With that being said, what are your thoughts in terms of this matchup uh, between the Spartans and the Bison? Uh, this one is the toughest one to pick for the weekend for me because, uh, like like you said, uh, they've had ups and they've had downs. Uh, I think Al Coons was BAC player of the week, and he was 10 of 27 last week, 127 yards. And just that, that just doesn't do it for him uh, offensively. Uh, and, and like you said, A.B., if for nothing more, it's Howard's homecoming. I have to go with the home team in this. I think they're a little stronger team, by the way. I think they can really run the ball. I, I do, too. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'm gonna go with Howard in this one. I think Howard gets gets to win the homecoming win in front of uh, the team crowd and the celebrities and everything. So they get a homecoming done. Would the VP be there? <laughs> for VP might be there. VP might be there. Yeah, she might drive across town for homecoming. She, she might throw it up one time. Indeed. Oh boy, y'all acting up. With that being said, Charles, I'm stick with you, Houston, Texas. Shell Energy Stadium, Saturday, October 21st, under the lights at 7 o'clock p.m. The Texan Southern Tigers bring in the number one ranked Florida A&M Rattlers, 5-1-4-0 at Texas Southern. Tigers is just coming off a big win, conference win in Florida. That one was against Daytona, in Daytona, against the Bethune-Cookman Wildcats, I should say. 2-1-4, 1-2 in the conference race, trying to stay in the thick of things, but they're only a game out uh, with three teams ahead of them having one loss, two teams ahead of them having one loss uh, in the mix. So they're right there in terms of despite losing their first two games. But with that being said, I have 21 FCS programs, strength schedule at Texas Southern as 12. Can they find a way to get a little home cooking in terms of getting it done against the Rattlers, Charles? Uh, this is going to be a very interesting game, and I call it a trap game for FAMU, uh, heading out here to Houston. Uh, first and foremost, I, I know records are what they are, but this is a better team than two and four. This is a better team to me. And now that if the, the uncertainty around the quarterback has been solved, I think you're going to see a, a, a better offensive Texas Southern team. And get this. I know FAMU is the number one defense in the sweat, but they're about to take on the number one Russian offense in the sweat. And that is that says something to me. This is a team that is uh, rushing for um, over five yards a pop. Uh, I expect a big dosage of Ladarius Owens. You've got to have a big Ladarius Owens night against this FAMU defense. And this defense is the truth. I will say that. Uh, this defense is the truth. The question to me, and I say this week in, week out, can you get the fans quarterback? Can can anybody in this conference put a little bit of pressure on FAMU's quarterback? I think the elements are in place this weekend. Before I go to or, you, Drew, and get your I, I think the elements I think the elements are in place this weekend for Texas Southern W. Ooh, I, I was gonna let you tease it out a little bit. I didn't know if you were gonna say it. You paused, but I dramatic, like dramatic pause. Dramatic yeah, problem. I see. I see. Before I go to you, Drew, and get your thoughts on this number one ranked Rattlers, um, Morgan State strikes force. They're up 3-0. They get the field goal, 744 left in that matchup. So maybe there will be chaos in the act. We shall see. It is early. Uh, AD, Drew, what are your thoughts of your number one Rattlers going on the road? This is the first time they've been in Houston since like the 50s. Now they played Texas Southern quite a bit, if you would, but most of those games were in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, just to give some updates of what that looks like. So a lot of people around these parts are excited. Um, I've seen the flyers out about the Rattlers. After the show, I'm going to go by and sneak in, into one of these uh, after-hours spots for the Rattlers because I'm hearing they do anything. I just want to show up and Make sure they're welcome to Houston properly. Uh, but oh, well, coming in from Dallas, I, Houston. I, I want to go too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send it out to you. I'll make sure you get the invitation as well. Uh, it uh, should be intriguing. But they say the Rattlers know how to come out and party. I'm going to see if they know what they're doing. With that being said, uh, AD Drew, what are your thoughts in terms of the Rattlers? 5 and 1, 4 and 0 oh, going on the road. They're getting that much closer when we say this in all seriousness. 
They're just four and zero, uh, but they have Jackson State that suffered a tough loss at home uh, against Alabama State, giving them two losses. They have the head-to-head matchup, so that's essentially a three-game lead against them. They have Alabama State that had a big win uh, this past weekend with that, but they still also have two losses, and they had a head-to-head matchup. So that's essentially a three-game lead there. Alabama A&M snuck around and got a big win on the road. They have two losses, but they do have on the schedule. So the question in a lot of ways, will that game even matter uh, getting up there because we have two weeks, depending on what that looks like. So we'll keep you updated, but the countdown is right there in terms of the routers locking it up. Many people are already booking uh, in return to the Celebration Bowl. Other ones are booking, certainly at least in Tallahassee with a SWAC championship game, because you got to believe that they're going to host it based on what's taking place in the West. But this is the first indication of one of those West teams you play that may have a chance for a rematch. What are your thoughts in terms of this matchup here? A, you cannot have chaos at the BAC, Dr. Gaville. <laughs> it, it, it's called the Akish. It is not called chaos. It's called the Akish. Let's start <laughs> off with that. Uh, number two, point. no, you would not have a rematch of these two teams in the SWAC championship game. There may be some, a rematch, but it won't be FAMU and Texas Southern. I'll go ahead and, and put that with the bid. Just like I called Allen back in July, I'm calling this one now uh, October 19th. There you gotcha. There's only two left, Southern right. and Prairie View, but we'll let you pause on it. We won't make you I say, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to tip my hand on this. Uh, <laughs> here's, here's what scares me, Dr. Cavill, with this uh, lead that FAMU has over the uh, the rest of the Swackies. MEAC 2018. Oh my God. No, no, no. Yes. That's what scares me as a Rattler fan. We were in a similar position at that point in time and we laid an egg for the remainder of the season. Have so, faith! Have faith! I, 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 I will have faith when it is sewn up. Because, see, this is what could happen. Alabama A&M defeats Alabama State in the Magic City Classic. That means, no matter what happens these next two weeks, even if FAMU wins out, the Alabama State-FAMU game the first week in November becomes the pseudo game for the East because if Alabama A&M could beat FAMU that puts them one game behind FAMU with FAMU having to go and play Bethune-Cookman in the Florida Classic. And you can't tell anybody in orange and green, you, you're not concerned whenever we go down to Orlando to play Bethune-Cookman. So that is why I will not count this thing until it's done. Yes, we are in a great position. We have been there before. We have, we have underperformed in the past. I I I I hope Willie don't Willie on, on this one, but we are trying to get this thing done. We we just try to go one and zero for the week. We go on one and zero for the week, and when it's done, it's done, Chuck. It's That's a three game lead. Come on, it's a three game lead. Chuck, Chuck, have faith. Chuck, Chuck. No, I I I I will have faith. When it is delivered, it's, hey man, I, it's, I it's like it's a truck. It's like I have more faith in the rallies. I booked my tickets to Tallahassee and it wasn't for homecoming. I canceled those because <laughs> I didn't like what I see with the family. Plus, yeah. no, really, the reason is uh, my wife is traveling, so I couldn't make that trip. I had to pull it back, but yeah. I rebooked it for December. I, oh, that's where it's going down. We yeah. will be there, Charles and hey. I. We will be there, we'll cover it. Hey. We do what we do. We don't miss championship games. Hey, 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 fellas. We we all have kids. You remember when you see that ultrasound and the doctor tell you whether it's a boy or a girl and everything? But <laughs> until it comes until it comes out, you're still not hundred percent sure what you got. That's how I feel right now. I've seen the ultrasound. We know what we have it. But uh, 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 until it comes out, 
I, 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 I see how that's, that's just fair. a little uh, bit of time. Break it down like that. <laughs> Jake Gaither, Jake Gaither is looking down right now, shaking his head. <laughs> <laughs> Jake Gaither also not on that sideline. No more. Not since nineteen sixty nine. Oh boy, I tell you, I tell you, man, y'all are so cold about this, but I believe, I feel you. Talking about some of these matchups, just on the record, um, fascinating things going on here when you talk about FAMU and Texas Southern, 1958 to 1968. FAMU holds the record at 9-2. and two. First game uh, we have recorded with them playing is 1959, November 28th, Florida A&M at Texas Southern. Um, no, number 14, Jefferson Stadium, Houston, Texas. Uh, the Rattlers got it done 36-8. The team was ranked number 14 in the final UPI Coaches Small College Poll, National Black College Championship, and they did that unanimous. 1961, FAMU won. 1962, FAMU also won those championships, 63 and 64, or Prairie View in terms of those matchups. Just to give you some indications in terms of FAMU and Texas Southern. This year, uh, FAMU comes to Prairie View, and we'll give you some updates in terms of what that looks like. If they had played for some black college championships uh, in those two rivalries back in the day. You're talking about really digging into the history books. We'll show up and show out a little bit about that. But that being said, we're going to close it out. Thank you for listening to Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, the Dean of HBC Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, and A.D. Drew. Again, we want to thank for listening to Dr. Bill's Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Watcher and Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday, 6 o'clock. Check us out on Sunday at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time as we give you the latest and greatest of what took place uh, that Saturday as well as Thursday. Follow me, Dr. Neotica Bill, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-D-A-C-A-V-I-L. Inside HBCU Sports Lab 1 on Twitter. Facebook and YouTube is also Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We'll talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. Eddie Drew? Lecture. Update here. 143 left in the first quarter. Morgan State is up 3-0. to zero. Uh, Reviewing what would be a catch and non-catch. All hit the ground. So we're seeing what they call it. With that being said, Early on, but the Bears at home are getting it done. Three on. We'll, exactly. we'll certainly have the report for you <laughs> one way or the other. With that being said, dismiss. <laughs>